KVLA Talk 1580. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and God bless. I'm Dominique Deprima. This show is called First Things First. And my first thing today and every day, giving thanks, giving praises, and asking for blessings from God, asking for the blessings of the ancestors and the elders, and getting it started. We got a lot to talk about, as usual, maybe even more so. Hour one, we typically look local. What's going on on the left coast? Hour two, we go national, international, and beyond. The third hour, we do a deep dive. It's Friday, so you know it's a little bit different. We've got Friedman Fridays. Hour two, uh, Don Page will be joining us for that convo. It's meant to be a comprehensive reparations conversation. Everybody is invited in. And then hour three, opening up those phone lines, uh, freestyle phones, so you can talk about whatever you want, or you can unpack what you just heard in the reparations conversation or some of you still got things to say about Tuesday they're still talking about it on Twitter our talking point Tuesday where uh, Chicago conservative Mark Carter was on and we mixed it up like I am want to do with uh, my conservative colleagues yeah they still they're still ruminating on that on X so we can ruminate on the air lots of other things you want to talk about uh, the president's memory <laughs> or the former president's memory or the Supreme Court or what's going on on your block. All are welcome. 800-920-1580. That's how you get in. 800-920-1580-TGIF. It seems like it's been a minute since my partner in politics, uh, my normal every other Friday partner in politics, Ed Sanders, Join us, but he is here today. He is the founder and uh, director of ES Advisors, which is a public policy uh, firm. Also works with some elected officials, and he is also a pundit. You've seen him on Fox Soul. He's an official contributor to KBLA Talk 1580. He's also a dad. Ed Sanders, good morning. <laughs> good morning, Dominique. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm not too bad, you know, drying out for a little bit, getting ready for the next uh, next couple storms to come through. Yeah, I guess um, there's there. It's supposedly it's raining right now in scattered places. It's not raining in Lamert Park, uh, Crenshaw District, but apparently in Orange County and some, you know, scattered pockets here and there. There's some rain coming down today, but they're saying dry weekend, dry and cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, need that. You know, that was that was a lot of rain that we took in. But uh, looking forward to the Super Bowl. Have a have a good weekend. Right, and then rain again next week. But speaking of the Super Bowl, Ed Sanders, who you got? Uh, you know, I'm a I like I, I like the Rams, love the Raiders. So uh, this is one of those Super Bowls that that I flip <laughs> a coin with. I guess I'll, I'll go California and, and go for the Forty ers There you so. go. There you go. Yeah, begrudgingly, you know. It's funny though. It, it. It's interesting that all these. Cons- I don't. I'm not sure. I got an answer from Miles because he's like Eagles. I think you said you wouldn't go against Mahomes. Yeah, no, I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes. No, right. I'm, but I'm, there's the betting, and then there's where team. your heart is. Like, who, you there's betting, and then there's where your heart is. Like, who are you rooting for? Nobody. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm rooting <laughs> for a great game. I'm really rooting for a great game. I can care less about who wins. I'm cool with the Niners winning. Uh, I would like they haven't had a championship in a long time, so I'd like to see it switch up a little bit. But I refuse to bet against Patrick Mahomes. Man, that's the coldest football player in the world right now mm. well um apparently a lot of 
far um, extremist conservatives have decided to root for San Francisco uh, this time because they're mad at Taylor Swift and uh, Travis Kelsey. There's a, a conspiracy. There's a number of conspiracy theories. You know, he did that um, vaccine shot ad and she endorsed Biden last time. Now there are a couple. And one of the theories is that the NFL has conspired to get uh to get them into the Super Bowl so that after the Chiefs win, she can uh, endorse Biden right away. And then they'll go on a national tour saying that they're champions, champions for Biden. I don't see that (laughs) happening, but that's what the, you know, that's what the conservative blogosphere, you know, social media-osphere is saying. And I mean, and that's why... As a football fan, the Niners can stop all that. By winning. <laughs> By winning the game. You know the State Farm commercials are going to be huge. You know you, you just you know what's going to happen. You know the right. dad's going to be reckless. You know the brother's going to be talking. Come on, Niners, stop it all. Right. Yeah, but I mean, right. Like Taylor, Taylor just said she's going to drop a new album. That's all it takes. You know, she, she, all she has to do is lift a finger. And you know, the, the, and say something, and the rest of the world is going to hear it. The Super Bowl is going to have that much play. Super for Bowl, them. notwithstanding. I mean, not to mention, are we forgetting who these NFL owners are? These are the same people that froze out Colin Kaepernick. These are the same people that um, are overwhelmingly white Republican octogenarians. I mean, this is not the <laughs> woke NFL. They only, you know. The the conservatives are mad because of the you know some of the teams did Black Lives Matter tributes and things, but that was after the players twisted their arms. That wasn't something they voluntarily did. Yeah, the owners definitely aren't Biden's crew. I mean that that is a decidedly Republican leaning group there. <laughs> Republican leaning, Republican funding. Uh, they are they are the throwback. I mean, yeah. So no, but that's that's the theory. The NFL, the woke NFL. In in the woke, <laughs> uh, you know, the woke NFL is is come is supporting Biden. I don't see that at all, but it's a thing. And so, as a result, all these people who hate San Francisco are now rooting for San Francisco. All the people who have hated San Francisco since Gavin Newsom was the mayor uh, have <laughs> decided to uh, put up a truce yeah, and you, root for San Francisco. Far right leaning Republicans voting or, or choosing to to support San Francisco. That that's that is an absolute first. Yeah, it is, and and it's what they're doing though. I mean, it's I guess all is fair in war and football. I mean, they're they're <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> to me because you know I grew up in San Francisco and I have loved the 49ers. I don't follow football like I used to. I, you, you couldn't call me on Sundays back in the day. But I have. I don't have time now. But I still, you know, love the 49ers because I grew up with the 49ers as a little kid. When, when I was a little kid, they were losing all the time. And we still love them. So it's hilarious to me um, to see these, you know, conservatives <laughs> suddenly flocking to the San Francisco team. Uh, the team, by the way, that was uh, home to Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course. So, That's the best so part you... about it. I hope he comes to the game. That would be, you know. 
or does something, maybe not to the game. I, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it, I haven't seen him in the news, and I've, I've, I've been wondering whether he was going to have an appearance. I don't know that the game is the right, right venue, but <laughs> yeah. I want to hear something from Colin this week. Well, I mean, but so, Ed, you bought, your bottom line is you're, you chose California. You're going with California. I'm going grudgingly. With I like the 49ers. You know, I'm I'm still an old Ronnie Lott, Jerry Rice fan, so I, you know. Right, the, right, I'm right. Vintage, them, right? vintage, the the classic era, the yeah, decade of, course, of, of the 49ers. Yes, I remember it well. Uh, well, I, you know, I think it's going to be, it'll be fun. It's always fun, Super Bowl weekend. It's weird because, as you know, and we've had these arguments before, I have mixed feelings about football in general. I love the game. I grew up watching it. I don't love the owners. I don't love the sexism. I don't love the way they don't uh, really take on the treatment of women inside the organization and the issues of domestic violence and stuff that run through, which I blame on the leadership because they're supposed to be providing, um, you know, training, workshops, counseling, and all that for for these these um, their employer employees. But it's, you know, so I love, and then the whole concussion things. So I have this like really love hate relationship uh, with football. But but Ed, you don't. You just love the game, right? <laughs> I do. I, you know, look, I, I, I'm a football fan. I'm a, I'm a boxing fan. I, you know, there are sports and there are things that are, that are dangerous. Um, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I, I'm a boxing I, fan yeah. too, which <laughs> makes me a huge hypocrite because I'm against violence and I, uh, I don't want people getting concussions. I love boxing. Oh my gosh. It's just so exciting and it's so hard if you've ever tried it. <laughs> I took some boxing. I studied it for a bit. It, whoo, you're going to be tired. Not easy to take a punch. Yeah. But, you know, I, I mean, but you learn, you learn a lot about yourself, right? You learn, learn how to defend yourself. You, you definitely learn how to, how to attack and, and, uh, you know, boxing for one thing keeps you in shape. But, I was about to say, um, forget the punches, just dancing yeah. around for three minutes 90 seconds 90 second round it looks easy when you watch someone do it but when you try it uh that is <laughs> really hard you're like one minute in you're like when is three minutes coming <laughs> Not quick enough. but no it's great like sports like that you know are are i mean football to me is is such a big part of american life yeah for um, sure you know it, it's played in every high school across the country, you know, Friday night lights is, you know, it's probably not as big as it is. I mean, LA is not as big as say Texas or, or down South or in the Midwest, but you know, but San Francisco, San Francisco is for sure. I don't know about LA. I mean, when I came here, there's Raider fans here. There's Rams fans here. There's a lot of Cowboys fans here. We'll talk. We won't talk about that today. <laughs> I was shocked when I first <laughs> came to LA. Why are there all these Cowboys fans? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a big part of it. And that's the thing, even for those of us who consider ourselves progressives, progressive patriots, it's fun and fun is good. Ed, uh, you, you consider yourself a progressive, right? I don't think I've ever asked you that. No, I do. I, 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 I think I'm solidly a progressive. <laughs> I, I'm progressive enough to criticize progressives. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. That part. 
Well, look, um, Kwamel is in the chat. He says, I don't want to hear Niner Gang all over L.A. It would be the Bay's title to enjoy, not the whole states. I actually don't agree with that, Kwamel. I think that, you know, although I don't say Warriors Gang <laughs> when Warriors win because I'm a Laker fan. But I, I think if any everyone in California wants to celebrate it, why not? Aron says, uh, tell him, Miles, shut all that down. And he's from the Bay, but he's not even a Niner fan. So that's hilarious. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. If you want to get in there, it's KBLA it 1580 on where you YouTube. are. Like, we're yeah. in Los Angeles. Yeah, we're in Los Angeles. So you got to hold, you know, I mean, you can't, you, you can't really support the Bay Area. But I, I remember, <laughs> I remember being back on the East Coast when the Niners were playing the Giants and, uh, you know, as 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 much as I wouldn't root for San Francisco playing the Rams or the Raiders, boy, anything to beat the Giants or the New York fans, though. I, I see where Quamel is going, though, because he says he picks KC since the Rams ain't there and Detroit didn't survive. So basically, he's a hater. <laughs> basically, he's a Niner hater. You know, I'm not, I'm not mad at that. Uh, Daryl Hardaway says rematch 2024. Uh, worried about KC 2024. Interesting. Well, you're welcome to call in. You can get on YouTube.com and just type in uh, KBLA1580 and you'll find us there uh, where we're streaming. You can find us on any of the social medias. Man, they talking smack on social media this week. Uh, but like, you know, while you're there talking smack, please follow, like, comment. <laughs> it's all good. And uh, you can also just call 800-920-1580. Ed Sanders, Dominique DePrima for KBLA Talk 1580. She's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk 1580. More First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Your ancestors' favorite radio station. Radio station. And your favorite morning show host. Let's get back to Dominique DePrima right now. Right now. Right now. We're back to me. We're back to you. I've got on my LA is for everyone shirt. And I'm really, um, really grateful to the Los Angeles Civil Rights Department, Civil and Human Rights Department. They call it LA Civil Rights for short. Uh, they honored me. They honored. Um, uh, Angel Jennings, who is a black woman that works at the L.A. Times, and she's now working on uh, expanding their diversity. She's been a reporter. She's, um, yeah, she's a soldier in this journalism space. It was honoring um, L.A. Voices, their uh, first annual inaugural, and I was really honored uh, to be recognized along with the incredible, uh, these two uh, incredible brothers who, um, are videographers for L.A. County TV Channel 36. Uh, we had delicious Doolin soul food. We had a really nice turnout from department heads. Uh, the mayor's chief of staff was there. We had a message from the mayor. We had lots of um, great uh, department heads from the city of Los Angeles and some of our friends, my KBLA colleagues, Robin Ayers was there, and um, Angelique Francis, our sports guy, Ray Richardson, and Lyle Gregory. So we, you know, KBLA was rolling kind of deep. That was nice. Uh, so thank you, thank you, thank you. If you're not familiar with LA Civil Rights Department, I, I suggest you check it out. They can not only help with, you know, discrimination in the workplace or discrimination against your business. They have all, all kinds of programs pushing back on hate crimes and just it's a great resource. They house things like 
the Reparations Commission of the City of Los Angeles, uh, Commission on the Status of Women, for which I used to be a commissioner, and so on. So um, it's a really great department, and, and big thanks to everyone who came out and supported it. Um, so yeah, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I, it's a new thing for the city of LA and I'm glad to help kick it off. And I think Miles is probably showing you my award because I left it at work yesterday and it's really cute. <laughs> so yeah, I kind of. One, that's a, that's a, that's a great, um, achievement on for, for you individually, but it, it really, it really speaks to your work, um, here in Los Angeles. And it, you know, I, you step back and you think about it. L.A. is is as a big city in this country. It is um, really, truly a melting pot of so many different um, ethnicities, people from all over the world. They come in there's different enclaves all over the city. Um, and so the work of of keeping differences at just a communication level and not erupting higher is, is a lot of work. And, and the civil rights department plays a big role in that. And, yeah. and for them to, to honor you is a, it really speaks to um, your work here in Los Angeles. Congrats again. Thank you. Yeah. And, and, and thank you to uh, attorney Capri Maddox who leads that department and, you know, has just been so supportive of not just me, but the work that we're doing here at KBLA, to amplify black and progressive voices, which is rare in the talk radio zone. I mean, it's just, there's only five in the whole nation that are black owned out of thousands of talk radio stations and only one west of the Mississippi. So it's, it's awesome to have um, elected, you know, acknowledge that and really be supportive of us having our outlet to hear our perspectives. Agreed. Uh, you, you, you can't tell your story if you can't tell it yourself, right? Like, like your story, you don't want your story. And that means our story as a community to be interpreted by others. Um, which is also why, uh, I mean, KBLA is, is, is a needed voice, but when you look at the other honorary angel Jennings, that's, it's also important to have our voices represented in some of the other, uh, publications, which haven't always, you know, painted the best light for us. Yeah, that's a great point. And also, I think Angel, you know, as I said in my little speech, to be in those not Black-owned spaces um, and try to blaze a trail for others is taxing. It ain't easy. And so, yeah, she's she's doing double duty. I've done both. Like, I worked at KRON-TV. That was my first media job. It's NBC mm-hmm. affiliate in San Francisco, where you're oftentimes the only one or one of a few in a room. Um, and then I've, you know, worked with obviously Stevie Wonder and now Tavis Smiley and black organizations, which are blackety, blackety, black. Um, and that's, you know, that has its own challenges, but it's, it's not the constant uh, microaggressions and, you know, being, having to be that sole voice uh, that, that Ms. Jennings probably has to deal with. I'm imagining at the Los Angeles Times, where I've never worked. Let's go to D calling us from Long Beach. Good morning, D. Good morning, Dominique. How do you do? I do good. How you do? <laughs> I'll make it. I'll make it. I want to talk about three of one of my three favorite subjects, subjects that start with an E: education, entrepreneurship, and the environment. Um. Dr. Julianne Malvo would say that adverse selection is not get, getting 
what you need out of these um, pricey alumni networks. But I would say that um, adverse selection is also false praise. And I say that because when when someone falsely praises you, you kind of sit back, you poke out your chest, and you stop trying. Hmm. I don't know. Okay, well, I mean, it's a theory. How do you, as opposed to when they sincerely praise you, it doesn't do the same thing? I'm not really following where you're going with this. You, you, you got it right. You got it right. When, when you think that, that you are doing good work and it's not work, you tend to kick back. Huh. I don't know. You know I, I, maybe I'm a weirdo, but I always feel like I got to, you know, make the team. Every day, every week, every month, no matter how many times folks pat me on the head or give me a, a beautiful, stunning award, I'm like, mm, I got to do better. Every day I get off the air on this show and I just, you know, harass myself about all the mess ups I made and all the things I'm going to do better next week. I'll give you an example. I wrote a paper uh, uh, at, at Cal State LA and uh, they praised me. They showered me with unnecessary or at least <laughs> false praise. And so I, I you know, I poke out, poked out my chest, and, and I didn't think it was uh, necess- necessary to improve myself. Mm. You know, and, yeah. and this is not just a professor. This is a teaching assistant, too. Gotcha. And, you know, it, it's, not, it's not a good look. When I was in high school, there were no AP classes. Uh, they, they took me out of a regular English class, and put me put me put me in an inferior uh, honors English class. Now, since Karen Bask has come along, there are now AP classes, but I didn't have that opportunity. Yeah. Okay. We got a hard stop here for news, traffic, and sports. I'm interested in Ed Sanders' thoughts. I also want to hear your thoughts, Ed, on the KBLA's groundbreaking survey on public policy uh, around safety and black likely voters. All that's coming up and your phone calls on KBLA Talk 1580. More of First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Thanks for waking up with Dominique DePrima on KBLA Talk 1580. Yes, indeed. Thank you. Okay, I got a lot going on in the studio. If you're watching me on YouTube, I'm over here tidying up. 800-920-1580 if you want to get in on the conversation. I don't know if you want to um, speak on what D was saying, Ed, about False praise leading to complacency and, uh, you know, laziness. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a conversation of motivation, right? And and I would always caution uh, using the, the views or praise or adoration of others as motivation. I, I think motivation is an internal um, feeling or concept. Um, what gets you going, why you do something, why you do it well is, is internal. Um, you know, how people react to that is just how people react to that, you know, uh, uh, you know, so at any rate, I, I, I would encourage him to, to, you know, seek motivation more internally. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, that KBLA talk 1580, uh, did do a survey. It's our first Um, polling of African-American likely voters in L.A. County. This is something that we will be doing. Uh, It's it's the first one, but it won't be the last. To make sure our voices and our perspectives are represented in all the nuance that they deserve to be presented in. 
Uh, and it's pretty interesting. Uh, you know, for one thing, it shows the DA's race is wide open, according to black voters. Now, it's true DA Gascon is ahead. The incumbent is ahead. He's got like 21 points, uh, 21% of, of uh, likely voters, black voters in L.A. County. But and then most of the other candidates just are two, three percent, maybe four, which kind of shows that there is an opportunity here. And it also would seem to show that there will most definitely be a runoff in the district attorney's race. Yeah, that's what it lends towards. Uh, You know, the real question is, you know, who does Gascon face if he if if a runoff does occur? Right. Um, you know his his unfavorables are so high that you just assume that that over half the vote won't vote for him, and that that's what'll force the runoff. Um, you know, once it becomes a two person race, I think you get a lot more clarity on yeah. um, the issues and 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 that sort of piece. This first this first vote is going to largely be sort of a referendum on Gascon. Um, and then you look to see who comes out of the, what is it, the pool of 11 or 12 other candidates. Uh, that's a large group. So yeah, one of those candidates has a lot of work to do to get into the runoff. Based on your work with um, many a lawmaker in the past in a campaign, how um, how hard is it to undo that unfavorable? I mean, to me, it seems like you should be able to do it by educating voters about what you actually have done. Uh, certainly District Attorney Gascon has faced huge headwinds from within his own office, the people that didn't want him elected in the first place, who he does not have the discretion to just fire them and put his own crew in there. Uh, that's the, you know, prosecutors. They have a union. They've they've sued him. They've tried to shut him down at every turn. Do you think that, I mean, just in, in overall in your experience, because I'm, I'm thinking about Biden, too. He doesn't have good, he has huge unfavorables and he doesn't seem to have been able to budge that. Is, is it hard once people have that impression to turn it around? Yeah, I mean, largely, I, I mean, for, you know, let's just take Biden and, and Trump. I mean, this campaign is going to largely be, you know, you don't like Trump, so vote for me. Right. And, you know, right now, as we look at the the district uh, attorney race, it, you know, in a wide open vote, you can see how many people don't approve of where Gascon is. Can he get that back? Um, Probably not immediately. It, It is it is largely, you know, I you know how people are viewing his first term um now the real question really is who does he get into the runoff if, if can you if you can imagine sort of a a Donald Trump candidate emerges as the as the runoff candidate and if that's the case then you have this binary choice right um if he emerges and and has to battle sort of a true champion that sort of thing um then it then it then it uh is a tougher race for Gascon and he, and he likely loses but you know the, the, really, you think he'd right lose? You you think he would lose to a more um, progressive or or moderate candidate? I I think he has the capability to. I think at mm. this point he I think he he has not. Look, when he when when Gascon was elected, we had a lot of hope for him to be able to lead the sort of the criminal justice reform side of the equation, right? Yeah. Um, I think he I think he just 
has mismanaged it. I, you know, as as uh, an elected official, he didn't play politics well. Right. Uh, he didn't control the message. But he, ha- but he has enacted a lot of reform. And, and so that's why I'm saying, yes. <clears throat> does he need to tell that story better? He and, does. He absolutely does. And that's, that's the point about being a good elected official, right? Like you uh, can do good work and nobody understands that. Yeah. And that's largely where he is. I mean, I think that's where Biden is, too, in some ways. I don't agree with Biden on most of Biden's foreign policy, but domestically he has done some things, and it seems like no one's crediting him with that at all. Yeah, he has, I, and, and but, but Biden is not a great spokesperson and, yeah. and really never has been. And and so, you know, you could do great things in the dark and no one will ever know. Right. Um, and, and, and the thing that colors you is how people what people see of you i mean okay this is a little bit of a digression but i have to ask you because I, I don't know you know i don't know the answer to this for the justice department to put out that report on yesterday basically saying biden is a forgetful old man i mean you know around the documents saying that he had willfully kept documents that they're not going to prosecute him and they made it clear that he wasn't at you know he wasn't breaking the law like Trump. But in the meantime, they basically make him seem like he's not competent, that he has problems with his memory. And I get my question is, you know, there's all these rules about how you can't um, you they can't pursue the cases against Donald Trump, I guess, six months prior to the election because of swaying election results. To me, putting out a report that says the sitting president is senile is something that also shouldn't be allowed right before an election. It seems like it it is something the Justice Department is doing that could sway the election against the incumbent. Uh, yeah, and this wouldn't be the first time, right? I, you yeah. know, we remember the Justice Department in the in the Hillary. Clinton. Um, oh yeah, they totally tanked her and, with the, you know, with the. Right. Oh yeah, she's well. The investigation is ongoing. That that seems like it should be illegal. They can't bring charges against you six months before, and they're supposed to ease up on their investigation. So why can they say? Oh, I mean, what 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 was it? Comey, uh, the, the that was mm-hmm. in charge of that, and now this um, from from the Justice Department. It seems like election interference in some kind of subtle way. It is, but all throughout the justice <laughs> machine. No, I mean, but, I'm laughing because you're so casual. You're right? like, it is, but it's just how it goes. <laughs> no, but on the federal, on the state, on the local level, I mean, you know, here, you know, we were talking about Gascon, and, you know, probably the biggest issue that he has is the group of district attorneys within the office that that just don't want any part of the reforms that, that he's speaking about. And and will do anything to stop that. And that's that's what's happened to Gascon. And you see it uh, across this country with um, local police unions backing candidates for municipal offices that control their budget. It, 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 it is a big part of law enforcement. It is a big part of the judicious, judiciary machine that they protect themselves electorally. And and, you know, sadly, conservatives, particularly sort of that that, you know, that Confederacy conservative is is who they use. That's who they like, you know, to see in office. So it's not yeah. surprising that 
that this report would come out on Joe Biden that, you know, I'm not surprised by it. You know, I, I'm disgusted by it, but I'm not surprised by it. Mm. Well, he was pretty mad about it on yesterday. Uh, he was going to, you know, anyway. But um, to your point about the, um, you know, prosecutors in this battle that could unfold uh, here in L.A. County, if, let's say, Gascon faces um, Chimarensky, I'm, I'm thinking of someone that you would consider more moderate, you think that's a tougher opponent for him than someone like John McKinney, uh, John McKinney, who is one of those prosecutors who's who's sued Gascon and pushed back against all of his policies and has been a very, you know, um, you know, intensely law and order kind of guy. But he's also African-American, which makes some people think, well, you know, he's going to be more, mm, more empathetic towards the uh, issues in the black community, which may or may not be true. But that's how people are going. I would think how people are going to perceive it. That seems like it could also be, you know, or, you know, any, there's a number, so many other people running. I, I'm just trying to tee up your scenario yeah. as, of a more conservative sort of traditional prosecutor going against Gascon versus someone who can position themselves. I'm Shimarinsky, of course, being the son of, you know, a famous uh, liberal attorney, for example. Yeah, no, I mean, like, look, I, th I think I stop and I look at how people are feeling, right? And um, whether right or wrong, I think people are feeling nervous about crime. Um, and, you I, you know, and I, I just stop and I think about, you know, the, the, the sort of the, the retail smash and grabs, that sort of thing. And, and I, when you if you think about the, the, the county in whole, I think most people are, are fearful of crime. And when that happens, you start to see a conservative candidate rise to the top. Yeah. And, and that, and that's one know, of the reasons why it does happen. Cause those conservative right. candidates run around trying to scare everyone into voting for them. But again, it's back to our polling. Yeah. Um, black folks are saying likely voters are saying that they feel less safe than they did a year ago. Or two years ago. So, you know, it, it tracks with what you're saying. And that's fair. Look, we want to be safe in our neighborhoods. There's, there's no doubt about that. And, and as an electorate, we are looking for someone that can help keep safety at a premium. But, you know, black voters also want a fair justice system. And, you know, the, those two desires aren't don't need to be separated. I, I think where mm. what we see in, in district attorney races across the country, you know, if you're in the deep South and someone says, you know, I'm, I'm a law and order candidate, that usually means I'm just going to turn up the arrest in the African-American community. Right. And, yeah. and, and I might lynch you that. along the way. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and so, uh, you know, for us here in Los Angeles, when we say we want to be safe in our homes, we want to be safe in our homes, but, yeah. uh, and, and one, a one B we definitely don't want a justice system that, that treats African-Americans unfairly. And yeah. so you, it, you know, that's the candidate we're looking for. 809-20-1580, if you want to weigh in, Dominique DePrima and Ed Sanders chopping it up on KBLA Talk 1580. The station you turn to when you've had it up to here with cultural incompetence. KBLA Talk 1580. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where hate loses and love wins. 
Yes, it does, and yes, we do. Uh, Ed Sanders is here with me. You're welcome to weigh in, 800-920-1580. We had someone on the phone, Ed, who couldn't stay on, um, but they wanted to know our thoughts about uh, Christopher Darden of O.J. Simpson fame, um, running, or I should maybe say Nipsey Hussle fame, because he, for a minute he was representing Eric Holder, the guy that shot and killed Nipsey Hussle, um, running for judge. Wanted our thoughts on that. Um, I My friend Jasmine Kanik wrote an op-ed about it, and I, I she convinced me. Uh, she said that, you know, Darden, she wasn't mad at him for trying to represent Holder or even the OJ case. She said that his actions in the case against Ed Buck, uh, he represented uh, Ed Buck at one point, the guy that was uh, the... Uh, the political donor who was, you know, basically doing uh, weird Tuskegee experiment type sexual fetishization of uh, black men in West Hollywood, and they were ending up dead. I mean, he was injecting them with drugs, and they were ending up dead, and his homie's now in jail. Um, that, you know, that Darden used this, uh, tried to say that the guy's died of HIV and not being overdosed and, and injected. And she said she'd never forgive for that. Um, and someone like that shouldn't be a judge. I thought it was a fair point. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, he, uh, you know, he poses an interesting candidacy. Um, um, I, I look at it in a different way. I, I, I have to ask myself internally why he would want to be a judge. And, and I would say this, I, I think the OJ case is just one of those cases that, that changed the lives of everyone involved. Right. Um, I think, you know, his career, um, you know, I can't remember the, the, the his, the co-prosecutor, Marsha Clark, right. Um, uh, changed their careers drastically. And, uh, I can't, put out of my mind that that has a lot of impact on how he views the law mm. and would interpret the law. Uh, I think it, it, it I, I find it hard to believe that, you know, he doesn't ha- still harbor um, very deep rooted animosities towards people in, or, re- you know, somehow connected to that case. Um, and, you know, now we're asking, you know, if, if elected to interpret that on the bench, he, you know, honestly, I, I don't know, Chris, I don't know. And, you know, don't know how he's, you know, reacted to that through the years. I, I have seen some interesting choices. I think you, you just referenced one. And so, um, to me, it's, it's sort of like, wow, why do you want to be a judge? And, you know, is that really the best, um, use of your talent. I'm right? laughing because like, I'm thinking of him as the next Judge yeah. Ito, right? I mean, Darden yeah. as the new Judge Ito. Yeah, who was the judge over the OJ case. It's such an yeah. interesting perspective. I, Yeah, I do think also, you know, and Jasmine made the point, like, we know that everybody deserves representation, even Ed Buck or Eric Holder, um, Nipsey's killer. But the fact that you would use that you know, kind of the George Floyd playbook. Oh, he didn't. You, he didn't die of being choked to death. He died because he was on drugs. The fact that he right. would you—that's kind of going really low um, and trying to smear these victims as spontaneously dying from HIV when they were, 
intentionally overdosed uh, by injection. It just it, it's a bridge too far. And I, I, I have to say, I agree with that. I just don't. To me, that's that's not a representation of what I would think of as good judicial temperament. Uh, we're talking yeah. with Ed Sanders and you, KBLA Talk fifteen eighty. Say the quiet part out loud. KBLA Talk fifteen eighty. Find a righteous rage and don't be afraid to say what you see. We're KBLA Talk 1580. We are. Ed Sanders is here with me. And of course, uh, it's a Friedman Friday. So we're getting ready, teeing that up for next hour. Um, Don Page is going to be joining us. And of course, you're always welcome in 800-920-1580. Ed, time is flying this morning. Uh, anything you want to definitely say before <laughs> before you bounce today? Got anything coming up you want us to track or uh, <laughs> any last words on this Super Bowl? <laughs> no, you know, I, you know, I it, listen, we talked about it the last time I was on, but I mean, like, you know, obviously the, the Kobe statue was unveiled yesterday and, um, you know, just really congratulations to the, the, the Lakers, to the, the Bryant family, um, you know, for, for steering that process. Um, I like every other Laker fan, he meant, meant the world too. And so glad to see that. Um, secondly, with all of the rain, you know, just keeping the forefront of, of how we as a state are dealing with our water management. Um, it, it sounds really crazy, but we've got some really strong and important decisions that we have to make in the coming uh, weeks and months and years about how we're going to provide water to everyone in the state of California. So um, I leave everyone with keeping an eye on how we are dealing with uh, storing water. Right, and the group, um, one of the groups you work with, Groundswell, folks can follow on uh, social media, right? Groundswell, a water justice group, if people want to get themselves more informed. Because it's hard to keep that mindset when you're flooding everywhere, but it is still a scarce resource. It is. Thank you. Thank you for uh, calling out Groundswell and, and, you know, definitely groundswellforwater.com and and you can find more information there. Groundswellforwater.com. And of course, we can follow you on X at Edward M. Sanders. Uh, You can follow me, Deprima Radio, D-I-P-R-I-M-A. And then radio, if you want to see all the people talking crazy up there. Uh, And also on Instagram, and KBLA 1580 everywhere, everywhere, KBLA1580.com. If you want to check out the public safety survey results that me and Ed were talking about, the polling of likely voters. Ed, thank you so much. Dominic, thanks for having me on this morning. Have a great one. You too. It is a comprehensive reparations conversation next on KBLA Talk 1580.